0: I'm sweating through my testes, but that's totally fine, because despite the fact that it's a jillion degrees in here, I will not take my jacket off to fix that, because I hate my body. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, a production of TheMetalRobot.com, created and hosted by Tom McKay. Uh, And welcome back to episode 15 of the podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. Uh, Today we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because a couple, uh, like the class of 2021 was just announced, the inductees have been announced, and of course the discussion has uh, risen in recent days of, does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame matter? Does it matter? Should we care? does it belong in the music industry? So we'll talk about that. I want to get the perspective of a music listener, but also a musician on this topic, and I've got just that coming up. I've also got a couple of the reviews for uh, for Venta, for Ellingard, I think that's how you pronounce that name, Eldingar, sorry. Uh, I've also got a review for Postcards from New Zealand, a couple bands that uh, I'm going to talk about later on, and also, very important one, how to deal with bad reviews. because. Despite the fact that maybe you're so excited about your new album and you're like, I'm not going to get a single bad review yeah, about that, buddy, (laughs) you're going to get a bad review, and the best thing that you can do is to learn how to deal with it. So, I'll talk with a couple of experts on how to deal with this particular topic as a musician. So, with that said, let's get straight into it. Oh, actually, before I get started, uh, the Fiverr Robot Podcast contest is still ongoing, and will conclude on July 21st at 11.59pm Eastern Standard Time. So, if you want the first five episodes of your podcast edited by me, half off of my Fiverr gig, the first five episodes edited, mixed, and mastered, then follow the instructions down in the podcast description and the podcast show notes. With that said, let's get straight into the podcast.
1: You're listening to
0: MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So despite the fact that every genre is so drastically different on the musical spectrum, one thing that seems to unite everybody under the music banner has to be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's one of the biggest Icons in the entirety of the music world. And it's interesting to say, to think about that for rock, metal, also pop and hip hop, but not EDM, because even the Hall of Fame degrees to pretend they don't exist. Uh, but for a while, there seems to be a shift in the narrative of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's role in the music world. Many people still believe that it is important, and many others believe that it's They don't agree with that. They don't agree that it's the most important thing anymore. They don't care if their band is inducted. Uh, They don't care if the Hall of Fame exists as a whole. Hell, there are even musicians who are split on this. Some musicians hate it, others are all open for it. But I wanted to get a bit more perspective on this topic. So to help out with this, I wanted to get the listener perspective and the musician perspective on this, more towards a local area. Um, so, in terms of, like, listener of someone I know from the local area, but also in terms of musician, someone who's on the rise, but is also not quite at a Katy Perry status, while still not messed up and hopefully not getting sued by a Christian rapper. Uh, for our first guest, uh, please welcome our the lead vocalist of Pterodactyl Problems and a guy who rocks a skirt better than your girlfriend. It's Davey White.
2: Davey, how oh. are you doing, my dude? <clears throat> I'm good. Uh, oh, my God. The downpour just resumed. Holy shit. It looks like- <laughs> is, is it raining up in Toronto? Oh yeah, it's like it's like, like you can't see you can't see like past like, two hundred meters. Holy it's like, shit. Yeah, it's whipping it. Anyways, so that's how I am. No, I was just <laughs> I just caught some rain. It was really well, oh, somebody's peeking. Um, I just caught a little bit of rain. That was nice because I, I was like I want to go to the beach and then the beach came to me in yeah, the The stack. beach came to you. It was pretty right. good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as well, we
0: have uh, we have another person who is acting as the music listener. Uh, he is a comedian, is a poet, and is a, a professional masturbator. It's the host of that filthy show, David DJ Roy.
1: And <laughs> the <laughs> 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 I, mean, I part is, I used to get paid to masturbate. Okay, so we'll get into that later. Um, okay, besides being a music listener, I've been involved one way, shape, or form in the music industry. As a promoter of uh, shows, being a comic and hosting that filthy show had music. I started off working at HMV when I was in my 20s and, some way, shape, or form, involved in the music industry. If that includes me dealing drugs to musicians, I was still there. All right, let's get on. That's let's
0: fuck yeah. <laughs> So, uh, for, first of all, uh, aside from the fact that I, I feel like Uh, Me and Davey are drinking here. Uh, David, what are you drinking?
1: Uh, Water for now, because apparently day drinking is a little out of my schedule (laughs) or my budget. (laughs) I could have a beer, but there's only one beer in the fridge.
0: Uh, Also, uh, you guys have been on the main show in some form, whether it was for an interview with Pterodactyl Problems or if it was just for a clip that was being shown for a uh, a promotion for a show. Uh, So I'm kind of curious, you know, I want you guys to briefly just tell the listeners, tell the Metal Robot Podcast audience uh, what you guys do. And uh, I'm going to because I feel like he's earned it after that masturbator joke. David, why don't you start?
1: All right. Now, where do I start? Okay, uh, as I said, I've been involved in the music industry one way, shape, or form, from working at a record store to uh, throw, like throwing shows, promoting shows, producing shows. And I did a little stint in the adult film industry. So yeah, I used to get paid to masturbate. <laughs> and by the way, the pay is not that good. It's not that good. In Canada, it's called the loose chain shot. Because you get Nick Bailey enough to get the bus home. All right. <laughs> what else do you want to know? That
2: tracks. How many, how many guys would be like, you want me to jack off for money? Sure. <laughs> not, the, the supply is like, it's up there. <laughs> Presumably. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. The shit.
1: quality is not so much. <laughs>
2: yeah. You
1: oh know what the God. hardest day in porn is? When it's not.
2: Hey. It takes a long day. <laughs> so, uh, that was a that was a porn dad joke for
0: everybody out there. All those, yeah, all those, all porn,
2: those porn dads. Porn dad jokes
0: said- only available on the Metal Robot Podcast. Yes. Uh, and and uh, Davey, what about you? Why don't, why don't uh, <clears throat> Wow, the beers coming back. Why don't you introduce yourself for the to the podcast listeners? Hey,
2: yeah. So my name's Davey. Um, I am uh currently self employed as a musician sound engineer producer kind of thing uh i sing I, i'm lead vocalist for Terra doctor problems um which 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 very recently i realized I was like ah, i should have i should have given tom the memo uh recently has branched out into a new band called magna vita so uh, i'm i'm writing for them working on a record with them right now um and doing my own music but it's kind of music all day every day well it here I was name. introducing pterodactyl problems. What uh, the <laughs> you, you you didn't know. I, I should have sent you a memo. That was <laughs> all good. Oh good. My all fucking good. manager's fucking fucking it up, eh? Damn it, Greg. Get your shit together. <laughs> How is Greg, by the way? How is Greg? It's been a while. Greg's good. Everybody's everybody's good. We're we're still we're still working with Greg and chugging away there. Um yeah, no, just excited to get back to shows. We're gonna have a live stream soon, and I mean live shows are coming back sooner than. Than I expected like I'm going to one in December and like one in November, too. So pretty thrill. Fantastic.
0: That's yeah. good to hear. All right. So uh, getting into the main topic of the podcast here of this segment, people are saying that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame isn't important. It doesn't matter what a bunch of old guys think. It matters what the people think. And yet there's a bit of a contradiction here because the Grammys, much like the Grammys and the Junos, what have you. There's every time they come around, there seems to be a lot of media coverage about it. And all of a sudden, people seem to care again. Maybe they don't care like in the good sense, but they care as in they're willing to talk about it. Uh, so
2: why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I feel like if I say what I really think, this is going to be a really boring podcast and a boring take on it from my side. No, no, no. Um, by all means. Well, I mean, you know, you have like, like – like uh, people don't care about the Grammys or like or like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because the people who get in there already have so much money and fame that like nobody like I don't give a sh- shit personally like um but then but then there's the other side of, of me which is like fuck me I want to be there because you, you know what that means that means I'm gonna be rich and successful baby um although I have to say I I, I do have my reservations about like yeah fame seems pretty shitty. Like, I think the most famous I'd really want to be is, like, you know, the basis for My Chemical Romance or something. Like, like nobody fucking knows who he is, but he can go on and be like, I'm going to work with these people and stuff. Um, Wait, what's his name again? What? What's, what's his th- name again? <laughs> what? Oh, no. No, you don't know, and I don't know, and nobody knows what he looks like, and that's the goal. Um, but it's like, you know, it's the, it's the established—you know what? I actually had that thought today. I have no fucking clue who established the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Or, I mean, it's in Cleveland, which is very funny. Is Cleveland the most rock and roll state? I don't know, I'm not, I don't (laughs) (laughs)
1: think. It's where rock and roll started. Oh, yes. That's why it's there, but again, do you guys know who did it? Like, who converted rock and roll, hillbilly, uh, rockabilly to like rock and roll in Cleveland? Because remember, it was rhythm and blues, Mm -hmm. travelers across the country, sparked a flame in Cleveland, that started rock and roll.
0: I don't remember getting a good grade in my music culture class in college. Um, yeah, I missed I miss, I miss those classes. Those were the early ones. The I think those are the ones I drank the most in. Um,
1: okay, so that's a little homework for the viewers. Google who started rock and roll. And there will be a prize, which is you get to get breaking rights that you know who started rock and roll.
0: You get to be retweeted on Twitter, I think. Yes. <laughs> Maybe, if you tweet okay. it. Prima, Prima. I mean,
1: my view on it, on the rock and roll whole thing is, is, okay, it's history, right? Uh, It's supposed to be the history of rock and roll, but a lot of people who actually started rock and roll and are innovators in music don't make it in because they don't sell the units like pop stars. You know, like as a music industry, the Grammys and slash Junos is more like about stroking artists' egos than promoting people who make music that change the world or change the music world. You know, like, do you think the Ramones got a, a Grammy? No. But how many punk bands have started in the UK when they did their UK tour? Right? Like, the, when they went to UK and when they did England, the next day, 50 punk bands were started just at a one Ramones concert. So they innovated and changed the face of music. You know, like, is Robert Johnson in the uh, rock and roll horror thing? And you guys with your blank looks? the uh, blue who, singer. Who the,
2: who the fuck? Um,
1: <laughs> okay. okay. The blues singer, that AKA the story that he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads.
2: Yeah, I'm familiar with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
1: Him, Robert Johnson. Basically, just his one album in blues started rhythm and blues, which led to rock and roll, which led to punk rock, which led to, and I'm going to get inch for this, metal, <laughs> which started thinking that punk came first. Okay, Actually, right?
0: which did come first? Was it punk or metal? That's not really the most important conversation, but I'm curious
2: now. <laughs> I'm
1: thinking, again, debatable. Um, Ozzy Osbourne started. Metal. And yeah, he, I think
2: I, that's pretty fair. That's a. Yeah. I, that's a. Yeah. And yeah then we, we could
0: go <laughs> into the discussion of like how far back <laughs> it goes, but I think everyone agrees that Ozzy Osbourne was like the pe- the peak of where we began.
1: Oh yeah, and then like uh, Motorhead was kind of like, hi, let me just like take this up twelve notches, <laughs> and that's how shit got started or mm-hmm. got weird. But again.
0: <laughs> no, it got weird when glam metal began. That was when shit got really fucking weird.
1: <laughs> yes. Huh. We don't talk about
0: glam metal. <laughs> we don't talk <laughs> about true. glam metal, no. Uh, so <clears throat> when I asked, actually, when I asked my coworker uh, about this, uh, she said it doesn't it, that it does matter because quote it's important to shine the light on great performers in the music industry and to know who made an impact on music in a vital way. I do also want to point out we do work at an AM radio news station, so it's possible she was speaking from the perspective of they give me something fun to talk about in the morning news. That's not death, destruction, and porn. So, uh, but do you agree? <laughs> Do you agree with that sentiment? We always
1: talk about porn. We,
2: we always talk me. about porn, yeah. <laughs> what are the, yeah, are you, are you allowed to talk about porn on radio? I know that's a total tangent. <laughs> I know, do you, like, like you have cinema. to be very adult like esoteric cinema. and unspe... Adult, excuse me. No, we no, no adult, actually, um, it depends I, on the I context. I know... I
0: know in the news they might not mention it uh, unless there's – unless, like, citing a name like, say, Pornhub when shit was going on with them. But uh, I know, like, if it's brought up, like, a talk show will talk about it. It depends on the audience really, but ah, – interesting.
2: Okay. hmm
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Don't talk about so it what, if your audience
2: doesn't want to hear it.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. But going back to the question, what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you agree with what my coworker said?
2: Um. Uh, can, can I can, – yeah, can I say yeah. uh, go ahead? I I was gonna say no, but then I looked at the first. I, I was just like, who the fuck is in the rock? I have no idea who is. Like, I know, you know, obviously some of the big names, but and then I'm looking at like the first inductees, and there's Chuck Berry, James Rand, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino. Those were all in '86, and I was gonna say no, it's probably a joke, but then they're kind of c- coming out here and like, you know, in '86, and like recognizing all these like. F- f- fantastic black artists and you know like the, the where the rock and roll started right like with black yeah. artists and stuff um uh and how yeah it now now it, it rock and roll and like metal too has become like sometimes a very divisive space and sometimes can can be racially charged with like some metal bands especially um but uh but yeah i i feel like even like seeing that has opened my mind a little bit to maybe looking in the uh, in their records and seeing who they think were were important because like I I don't know anything like I I'm pretty dumb and it would be interesting to know a little more about some of that earlier rock and roll because I'm I, I don't have a lot of exposure to it so well at least you're self aware uh, David uh, about you? <laughs> so I mean, yeah,
1: honestly I'm on the fence because. Uh, Yes, it's great to preserve rock history like the founders, Chuck Berry, uh, the motivators, the creators. But then again, some bands are thrown in there and you're like, what? Like, (laughs) Okay, Google if... uh, Okay, uh, if... um, Spice Girls are in there. Right? Oh, man. I feel like they have to be. But again, if you're (laughs) going to talk about, say... Women charged, like, girl power music. You would talk about the the, the Runaways and the Go-Go's and the Bangles, right? Mm -hmm. All
2: those those artists who didn't sell nearly as many records, yeah.
1: Bingo! But again, started the movement and started, like, female power rock, if you want to call it that. And right now I'm going to get so much hate me <laughs> for that. And it's like, I'm trying to pay you a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, you look at the artists who originated, don't make it in, but the ones that sell units, their record labels are like, oh yeah, they're famous. They're, they're motivating to the music. They're you know, um, pretty much put together products that has as much impact on society as TikTok.
0: Okay, I, I heard someone I heard someone snicker. What happened? <laughs> as soon as TikTok was mentioned, I heard... <laughs> what
2: the... F- no, you didn't hear that, David. You, no. you, you didn't hear shit, Tom. I didn't hear shit. Okay, all right. Nope, well, if you say so. Um, all right. Uh, hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, well, uh, Davey, you were on the fence before, but then, uh, of course, you'd looked at the list. Um, so I, I want to ask you this. The list... Of the inductees for 2021 were mentioned not too long ago. This part of the, this part of the reason Look, why. Looking
2: at it right now, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, doing homework in class. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while, while the teacher's talking, let me just make sure I know what the fuck he's talking about here.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, looking at the list, uh, do you think the ones uh, creating the list made the right choice in in terms of selecting the inductees?
2: All right. A full fighters.
1: Eh. And if, I, I, are more I,
2: the they're, they're very, they're very like, you know, they're popular and they, they sell a lot of, do they sell? I, I mean, they have to, right? They sell units. Fucking Dave Grohl, right? I mm. don't, Oh fuck, that's going to get me in trouble. Like, <laughs> I like their music a lot better than Imagine Dragons, but like, may as well have the same like cultural impact on my life. I don't know. Dave Grohl seems like a nice guy, but uh, I don't know. Uh, they, like they're famous stuff, sure. The Go-Go's? Who? That's cool. I don't know that name at all. Um, D- David's David, laughing. You got, you got any laughing. on my ignorance. You can hit me with some knowledge. Um, J- Jay Z is uh, is what surprised me, but uh, uh, confuses me as well. I don't know. Is that rock I feel like Jay Z
0: confused a lot of people, especially seeing his rock and roll as a name, and you've got
2: is Jay there, Z. Is my Is there a hip hop Hall of Fame? Because if there is, he would be literally the first fucking guy, right? But like, uh. It seems like maybe uh, Carol King, fuck yeah. Todd Rundgren, no, don't know. Tina Turner, I know the name and I know she is a person. I honestly <laughs> haven't listened to any Tina Turner at all. Um, I yeah, I feel like that's, that's a good. David, you know, David is. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Hey, hey, we're all we're all being we're all being vulnerable today, and we need to all respect that and come together. For uh, those who are listening to this podcast and not watching it on YouTube, David is silently cussing <laughs> Davey out right now. <laughs> He's back to this. Picture. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So back. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, it, looked like it, it looks pretty par for the course, right? Get some b- really big names in there that are, like, recent enough that people kind of know what the fuck's going on, and then you get who the fuck Tina Turner is. <laughs> <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Careful, you might explode, David. Uh, actually, <laughs> Sorry, funny <got> thing.
0: <laughs> funny thing I want to mention here, uh, while I'm bathing in my sweat right here. Uh, I'm ba- funny thing I want to mention is that if, for whatever reason, the Foo Fighters do get inducted, David, Gro- Dave Grohl will have been inducted twice, technically.
2: If you See, really that's think of- that's so fucking dumb, <laughs> like who the fuck needs to be into? Like, shut the fuck up! I'm not inducting your fucking supergroup. Get out of here! Like, <laughs> d- fuck it. No, that's so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like, what's the point? Literally, what's the like? It- it's like it's like. Oh, you were in Nirvana. Okay, what else do you fucking need? Like, you have all the money you could ever ask for. All the connections. Go make your records. Get oh
0: my it- God, you were in Nirvana. So was I. I'm Buddhist by nature. That's- <laughs> Okay, I'm moving away from that before someone kills me. Uh so it, Oh who am I kidding? Who, who am I kidding? No one's gonna kill me. It's against Buddhist nature to kill. So it wasn't it wasn't just my coworker whose opinion I was able to get. Uh I actually also asked the lovely people of the Metal Robot Discord server, which if you have not joined the Metal Robot Discord server, check the link down in the description of this podcast. And it seemed pretty unanimous from what uh from what i've seen that people not only do they not care they seemed more apathetic about the subject than creed was making Scott stab not suck so uh, like looking at the, <laughs> looking at the comments uh from what uh, the, we got comments from i don't really care if they get inducted there or not because it doesn't change anything as far as i concerned if included cool if not whatever all the way to the uh it's a popularity contest amongst old farts, like the Oscars, but more insufferable. Do you uh, do you understand where they're coming from with that well, sentiment?
1: yeah, I do. Because I, I yeah, again, it's this—it's um, a lot of record labels trying to promote units or sell units, push units, and they don't really care about uh, the innovators and the people who change the face of music. They're just like, hey, they're popular. Like, okay, um, they're popular. Let's promote more of them. We need to sell more units. But they're as deep as a shockwaves. You know, like they have no substance. And it's hmm. just, as you said, old farts trying to stroke their own ego. Which, by the way, isn't the Rolling Stones supposed to have another tour coming up? I don't
2: know. <laughs> oh my God, I know. The Rolling Stones, the, the most popular Rolling Stones cover band ever.
1: Yes, yes. But okay, can I just
2: touch on Tina Turner for a second. <laughs> oh, please. I would genuinely love... Like, I, I know... Here I, I I we go again. I, please, please hit me.
1: Okay. All right. All can, right. You,
2: can you do
0: that through a computer? If so, uh, should I be recording that or not?
1: <laughs> I have a lawyer. It's all good. Um, okay, so... Uh, who used to be in Tina Turner's band with Ike, when it was Ike and Tina, was Jimi Hendrix. We played guitar for them. Right? And there's one part in the Jimi Hendrix uh, biopic where, uh, you know, his, his manager girlfriend is telling Jimi Hendrix, um, you know, I continue wanting to play for them again. And Jimmy's like, but I want to play for, Bob, like, I want to play like Bob Dylan music, kind of music. And then uh, Jimmy's girlfriend's like, who the fuck is Bob Dylan? <laughs> 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 so that's a little piece of history. Um, I'm but, just putting it like if I can Tina or like um, if okay if they didn't hire Jimi Hendrix we wouldn't have Jimi Hendrix mm. who? where would Rock and Roll be then?
2: did I hear who? <laughs> who the fuck said who? <laughs> I, don't know, I think that was one of those ghost frequencies one of those <laughs> yeah. kind of weird
1: why do I feel like the nerd in the class that knows everything? <laughs> no you're just like, old
2: um oh,
1: oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 you are so dead at the next concert if you ever have a again. you Welcome to the Month S-
0: Podcast. I'm using this video as evidence. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> I have a lawyer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so, now, the big question. I'm going to split this up between the two of you because of the different yeah. perspectives here. So, uh, the big question, of course, do you care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Let's start with Davey. Um if your band was inducted for whatever reason, uh, would you and the rest of the band feel happy, insulted, or are you just like, eh, cool?
2: That's a good question. Uh, I think my immediate... No, I mean, it's so funny because like, I don't... I just like genuinely... I hope I would stop myself before I got there because like I don't want to do that, really. Unless i would like one of those names... <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay if I get inducted after like I'm dead or um, or like or like after my band you know my band had like a really successful like five years and then somebody died or like that's dark no, I don't want anybody to die but like something went wrong and the band just like blew up and then you know post when I don't have to deal with it anymore you get inducted I think that would be fun to go talk to some old dude who ducks you who's probably like wrote some cool songs um, but not no it would it would be bad it would be really bad like, your life would be over. You'd have to, like, go live in fucking Hollywood and live around all those fucking shallow fucks. Like, I just don't, I, like, I like, I like being, uh, making art and I really love, uh, like, meeting good people and stuff. And I think that would be more of a problem than, like, a a gift and, like, meeting people and, like, doing things. Like, you just, like it It changes it changes your entire life right it's like it's like it would be like getting a hundred thousand dollars for me right now, like I would like it, and I would definitely substantially maybe not too substantially, but I would change as a person like like overnight pretty much I think so and i I'm cautious, yeah honestly, with that answer, I
0: am fucking glad I asked that question, what the hell <laughs> that was, that has to be like the most like mature and profound answer I've ever heard on this podcast and and also the most bullshit right
2: you're like (laughs) oh sure you fucking asshole if somebody was like we're gonna induct your band right now I'd be like oh no like fuck me sure I would right but yeah, we all have things we need to repeat over and over so we like try to believe them but I don't
0: know why my brain immediately like the way you phrased that sentence like well if you fuck me sure why not i'll put i'll put me
2: in put my entire ass in the hall of fame if you want Eddie, me to Any any gets to fuck me all right maybe <laughs> maybe and,
0: and uh and Mr. DJ Roy uh take a pick amongst the list of your favorite artists if any one of them has been or ever would be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame Would you care? Like, would it change your opinion about the group if they
1: weren't? Well, um, not if they weren't. But it would be nice because it's supposed to be the rock and roll. Let's put it... Okay, let's start a whole new museum called The History of Rock and Roll. And that would be more important to be part of than Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because it's like fame. Um, I know tons and tons of artists that have made an impact on music that, again, you'd have to Google to know they existed. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, did the Beastie Boys get in? Because I thought like they changed music drastically. And I think I like they musicians. actually
0: may have been. I have to double check on that one. Um, yeah,
1: so I'm, I'm, I'm proud they made it in because they did have an impact coming from a punk background, starting like, what is it, like, College frat boy rap—the most (laughs)
2: confusing music ever.
1: Yes, but then again, I listened to it in high school, and yes, I'm old, and we've established that. that. (laughs) Because again, I look young because I did a lot of narcotics during the nineties. I'm pickled. (laughs) Wow! I think (laughs) you discovered the Aussie secret. Yes, the Aussie secret. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Who the fuck's Justin Bieber? Again, <laughs> yeah,
1: if Justin Bieber got onto the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I would burn the building
2: down. <laughs> <If> the rock-
1: <laughs> and, and by,
2: yeah, by the time he is, like everybody will be like, oh, he's like making his like country hits now. Like, he'll I think be by like the t- sixty, right? Like, oh, I think yeah. by the t- if Justin if Justin Bieber ever gets
0: inducted, I think by that point, I'll be at the age where I'm like. Who the fuck is Justin Bieber?
2: <laughs> Who the fuck? I'll be so like fucking uh, <laughs> drunk or stoned out. I don't know. <laughs> a, a collective forgetting of the Beebs. I could get off of a with that. Mass that's hysteria. That's condition I want. Um, yeah. Okay.
1: Now, here's a note that's close to home. What if Metallica got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
2: Oh. Wait,
1: hold on. Are they, yeah, wait, they, have on. Are they the not? Been
2: are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't think I they know, are. Google. Uh, huh. let me double check. That would, that's, Is this once. I think, yeah, I think they, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were up or 1 1. They were inducted in,
0: uh, by the looks of it, oh, 09, I think. Yeah, oh, 09.
2: They beat out, oh, uh, yeah, true, because it were they like, yeah, that tracks. They were like in the 80s, right? Yeah, I
0: understand mm-hmm. that one, uh, in a way. Like, it's still, like, again, doesn't really matter because it doesn't change my opinion that St. Anchor sucks, but the fact that these guys. Managed to get in. What? Uh it's great. It's great, but it's also like cool. Like it's what I would be more uh like what I would care a bit more about is if uh Iron Maiden gets inducted and they actually decide to go with it. Because that would be extremely surprising given Bruce Dickinson's thoughts on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs>
1: It's like, I'm a protestant. Oh, wait, I'm doctor. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, this changes everything. Everything. Everything.
0: All right, well, guys, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Uh, before we head out, I want you guys to shout out uh, where they can find you online and any new projects you're... What, what are you laughing at, I, just, what you laughing at? <laughs> I
2: was just reading the list of... <laughs> Uh, uh, Hall of fame snubs and the number, <laughs> number 100 that, that's a num- google search that, that is a google search. number 100 of course was fish and i was like <laughs> <laughs> oh fish oh you'll make it you'll make it one day fish one Sorry, day one day uh, so uh wh- while we still have you
0: guys here uh i want you guys to shout out you know where where people can find you and any new projects that you are working on for the future so um david dj roy let's start with you
1: Okay, well, uh, David D.J. Roy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I host That Nothing Show, which starting in September in the fall. We'll start back out with season four, where I interview interesting musicians, porn stars, and comments. So yeah, drop in. Um, also, if you Google my name, trust me, some weird, weird stuff is going to come up. Not safe for work.
0: Stick with YouTube. Trust me, you'll be yeah. safer there.
1: Dingo. <laughs> All
2: right. And uh, Mr.
0: Davey White, how about you? Uh,
2: yeah, uh, you, can, uh, you can find me at Davey White Music on everywhere. And then you can find my band, Magnavita at Magnavita Band pretty much everywhere. We have magnavitaband.com. Go check it out. You'll see our beautiful new graphics. Um, yeah. Uh, hit me up if you yeah want to talk about music or make something or something like that. Fuck yeah. Well, guys, once again, thanks for
0: coming on the podcast and talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, singing its praises and shitting on it the entire time. Uh, let's not forget that. Uh, yeah, we're all having fun. It's pouring in Toronto. And and don't look up David on Google. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tom.
1: Yes.
0: See
1: you, guys. See you. Bye-bye.
0: Before we continue with the reviews, just a friendly reminder that the Fiverr Robot Podcast contest is still ongoing and will be continuing until 11.59pm Eastern Standard Time, July 21st, 2021. So if you have a podcast that you want to sound professional and fucking godlike... Over exaggerated, but that's fine. Uh, if you want if you want your podcast to sound next level, then be sure to follow the contest rules down in the description of this podcast or in the show notes to get the first five episodes of your podcast half off on my Fiverr gig. Now, Fiverr is not sponsoring this contest whatsoever. This is purely isolated to the metal robot community. They are not involved, but that is where my freelance services are stationed. So, again, if you want the first five episodes of your podcast, if you want a chance to have the first five episodes of your podcast edited, mixed, and mastered. Then follow the instructions for the podcast show notes and in the video description.
1: You're listening to
0: MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. All right, it's that time of the podcast where we talk about three albums to review. Because this is the part of the podcast where we want to divide things up a little bit, try something new. Also, because, you know, reviews is literally in the name of Metal Robot Reviews. To be fair, this is the podcast. I should stop talking, shouldn't I? Let's get into the first album. <coughs> Vanta zero Kelvin. I'm guessing Vanta, as in Vanta Black. Is that what the promo said? That's what the promo said. Wow. <laughs> so nicely done. So. This uh, album is the debut album from the Sludge Doom stoner metal band Venta, Uh, and it starts off, I gotta say, it starts off very kind of nice with a little acoustic downpicking, it's very kind of ethereal, it's kind of pretty, and you're thinking this is what it might sound like for the rest of the album. Mm-mm. nope, nope, no, fuck, no. You heard from the beginning of this segment. Nope, <laughs> not even close. The album is rough, it's loud, it has no filter, it has no concept of showering. Huh, interesting how I also just described my ex. I do like the fact that these guys understand what dynamics are, as most sonar metal bands usually don't understand the concept of dynamics in music. A lot of them is just, you know, of right-in-your-face kind of music. Fuck the limiter. Uh, Let's take the limiter out. Let's make sure we're way past clipping. What's it like? Uh, Zero dB is the clip? No, no, no. We go above that, above that, above that. Let's go above that. What's going to sound horrible? Doesn't care. Above that, above that. And these guys understand... Well, they're definitely still doing that. For the most part, they also understand, you know, sometimes dropping out the guitars is worth a shot as well. And trying out, you know, bringing in the acoustic to add more of that you know, ethereal and pretty sound I was liking in the beginning. So I do like that these guys understand that concept. Outside of that, I don't have much else to say about this album. It's pretty much exactly how I described about the first track. Nothing else really changes throughout. And that is kind of a shame, given that the guys do understand dynamics, and some of it's actually pretty good. I would like at some point to see what these guys could do with that style. What they can do... if if they decide to expand even further into this kind of concept, and not just focused on loud noises and shit. Um, That's pretty much all you got to say about uh, about that. It's exactly what you would get out of a uh, sludge, doom, stoner, metal band. And, but, you know, for 10 out of 15, Again, like many of the other r- albums that get that kind of rating, you could do way worse in the genre. So, by all means, have at it. Eldengar Gar Maynaz. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I don't care. It's black metal. Uh, it's black metal inspired by, according to the promo list I got, uh, Verathron, Necromantia, and Rotting Christ, which I know that last one. <laughs> I do know that last one. The others not so much. Uh, but th- I'm guessing these are like th- black metal bands, right? It's pretty interesting, though. I gotta say, uh, when I was listening through, I was actually way more impressed than I thought I was going to be when he- knowing that these guys are black metal. Because these, there's a lot of inspiration from uh, from thrash metal. There's death metal, uh, and in a way, you could say folk. It's kind of weird how kind of a little progressive this black metal is. I really was thoroughly surprised by that. It's way more unique than I was expecting and very, very well produced. Also, because it's black metal, I'm guessing there were Latin prayers in there, or they could be Greek. I don't know. But nonetheless, it's it's safe to say it's not black metal unless you have something religious in there, something religious in there. I. That's all you can really say about that. Uh, of course, you gotta fall into those stereotypes, but aside from that, I am glad that these guys have a unique sound that I could easily latch onto through the entire album. It is a bit long for an album. If I remember correctly, I believe it's like an hour, 12 minutes or something like that, it's an hour or something. It's an hour and change, essentially. But if it's worth the ride. It's worth the hour plus long ride if you really want to stick it out. So for 13 and a half out of 15, definitely check it out if you have a chance. And finally, Postcards from New Zealand, City Island. Uh, I have to make it clear, Postcards from New Zealand is all no capitals. They made it pretty clear in the promo. So I have to make it clear here, no capitals whatsoever in the titles. Dreamcore, Uh, (laughs) enough said. There's not much else to say about this album aside from that. Uh, Honestly, I'm kind of debating on whether or not I should be including this album in um, on a metal podcast. Aside from like the sludgy guitars that are in there, it's hard to say if this would actually classify as metal, but because they're in there, of course, I'm going to include it. Uh, maybe. No, I'm going to include it. Uh, the entire album. Okay, so it's ethereal, it's airy, and yeah, also pretty sludgy. Somehow. I don't know how. Are you dreaming of mud? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, And I can't really say I have heard this stuff before. I can't say that this is something that I have experienced in the past. Because, in a way, much like uh, the previous album, this album is very unique. I was kind of surprised about that. To be fair, it's not really something that a lot of people are going to get into. It's an instrumental, ethereal type of sound. It's not something that... um, it has a lot of those like high-end uh, hooks and melodies that you would expect from most, uh, from most rock and metal. In this case, it's purely instrumental. It's purely purely ethereal. It's hmm. What's the best way I can describe this? It's like those three-hour space ambient sound compilations on YouTube, only with an electronic drum beat and sludge guitars high past to shit, which I have to say is very interesting. I can't say I've uh, heard this before, but. At the same time, I also can't say I will be coming back to this in my spare time, uh, unless I need an Ambient when I realize I don't have any. But aside from that, it's... For 11 out of 15, if you're looking for, like, an ethereal experience, this is one to go to. Other than that, I don't know. That's, That's your poison to deal with, not mine. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Bad reviews. They happen all the time in the art world, whether it's with uh, traditional art, movies, video games, and even music. And metal's no different. I'm not sure why I said it like metal's not music. Elitist, don't kill me. But the point is that no matter where you are, you're going to get a bad review in the art world. And there's a certain way to deal with it, whether you're The worst band on the planet, where you're going to get reviews no matter what you do, or you're the biggest next big sensation in the world who's going to take over the underworld, Uh, you need to know how to deal with a bad review when they inevitably show up. So to help out with this, I've got a couple of industry people to help out with this dire, dire question. Uh, One of them has been on the podcast before. He's the co-founder of a multi-tool media company, C Squared Music. It's Supreme Commander Curtis Dewar. How you doing? Doing great, <laughs> fantastic! And uh, someone who has not actually been on the podcast. Uh, with him is his part, in, his partner in crime, uh, a metal injector, uh, a metal injection contributor, and also the co-founder of the C Squared Music and C Squared Podcast. And it's the big reason why it's C Squared. It's core. <laughs> it's Supreme Commandress Corey Westbrook. Corey, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast.
3: Peachy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good to hear. Now, you know, now I'm, I'm seeing you on Zoom here for the first time, and I gotta say, you don't look like a CGI rocker chick. I gotta say, it doesn't, I'm not saying the re- resemblance. Maybe it's the way it's the camera's framed, I think.
3: <laughs> I mean, I've got some, like, Pixar people behind my makeup right now, so, I mean. Well, the CGI is <laughs>
0: uncanny, I gotta say.
3: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> well, I gotta say, uh, welcome to the podcast. If oh, you don't mind, I'm drinking here, because i mean eating it. Mm. Bad reviews all around, but um, you know
3: what? You gotta get drunk talking to us. I
0: understand. (laughs) It's not a good podcast unless you're drinking. Everyone knows this. (laughs) I mean, what are we, Joe Rogan? Uh, but what I gotta ask before we get started with the main discussion here, I gotta ask, uh, for the both of you, what made you guys eventually? Because obviously, you know, Curtis, you were doing your own thing with your own PR company, Doer PR, and Corey, of course, you were a contributor. You still are a contributor, I further know, with Metal Injection. And you're the manager of Aiavel. what made you guys eventually wanted to merge into one large company that encompasses so much with uh, music
4: uh well, basically I mean we, <clears throat> we met about two months or sorry two months four or five months ago rather um, I mean Corey's a hard worker Corey knows knows what she's doing, and I just felt like I needed something to someone to work with that was behind me with the same goals and purposes. Uh Corey, I felt matched that. Uh she's a great person. Um she's you know she knows what she's doing and she's also willing to learn anything that she doesn't know how to do. Um and she's dependable number one. So that was why that was what that was my reasoning behind it. I don't know what Corey's was other than just I, I wasn't that. given choice. So <laughs> <laughs> this is like hey
3: we're starting business.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had no choice. He kind of just showed up and all of a sudden I, here I am. I don't know how this happened. It we
3: went from a Twitter DM to now we're business partners and I'm just here for the ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is a hell of a drug. Um, so <laughs> with that in mind, uh, I wanted to uh, get you guys in on this topic here because bad reviews, you guys work with a lot of bands. So bad reviews will happen Often, even with great bands that you uh, that you are working with. So I got to ask, uh, how often in your experience, and I'll start with Curtis on this one because you've been doing PR for a long time. How mm-hmm. often does a client receive a bad review?
4: It depends. There's some places that don't mind giving bad reviews, but on the whole, most places will not review something unless, it's, unless they have something positive to say about it or at least not something nasty to say. Um, that being said, um, there, it's really hard to give a percentage, Tom, it really is hard to give a percentage because some, some bands you get every, every review you get is great. Um, others, like for example, Book of Worms, I just did a campaign with them. It was literally 50, 50. It was either, this is perfect album. I love this. This is one of my favorite of the years, or it was, this sucks. I don't know why anybody would like this. There's, yeah, it, but that, they're one of those type of bands. Same thing that happened to me recently with Kilter. I had like yesterday, literally, I got a three ten review, sorry, a four ten review, and then I had like a nine ten review back to back. And then for today, Kilter, I, yeah, for Kilter, yeah, for Kilter, the jazz metal band. Um, they're an acquired taste, and I get it, right? So I mean, people, yeah. people, when you know, they either hate it or they love it. So it happens, and the same thing happened a couple times with 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 a couple other bands that we both worked with. So. It depends. Right. I mean, like it's either the review is really nasty or it's or it's quite positive. And there a lot of times there isn't a lot of in between from sites. So, um, yeah. Does that answer your question?
0: Uh, yeah. It also raises way more. Who the hell? I, I guess because like the main shock of like because Kilter ended up on my best of the year list. So I'm not sure who the hell has given them a bad review. But
4: well, <laughs> well it, it, they're well, they're yeah, an acquired I mean, taste. Yeah. They are an acquired taste. I will admit that. And they fully admit that too. People either love them or they hate them. And it's just one of those things. And they know that. It is what it is. I mean, what can you do? Uh,
0: And Corey, what about you? Have you had an experience with uh, a client receiving a bad review?
3: Oh, of course. Aki did. Really? (laughs) Yeah. They actually received a pretty gnarly review. Um, I mean, it happens. And Curtis is right, though, for the most part. Like, this is my metal injection hat that I'm wearing right now. When it comes to things that we don't like, we just won't review it if it's something that we, unless it's like a big band and we have to, that's like the only caveat there. Cause I mean, I myself have written a not so, you know, favorable review, but it was a big band and it was one of those reviews where it's like, we have to review this album because of who it is. Um... But for the most part, if we don't have something nice to say, we just don't feature feature the thing.
0: That's interesting because I know like that's usually how like, is that usually how most uh, magazine reviewers, they, that's how they usually approach uh, a review?
3: None of us like, you know, shitting on a band, even if it isn't our jam. We know it's somebody's jam and none of us really like being that guy that are just like, oh, God, this is the worst thing that's ever been written. None of us enjoy doing that um so we just don't if it's a band that we don't have to you know take the time out of our day to actively tell them how horrible they are then i mean
0: that's very interesting because i know with youtube it's way different i know there are there are uh, critics out there that have no problem giving a bad review i know like for me my philosophy is bad or good as long as it gives me something to talk about mm-hmm. i'll i'll talk about it because it's content regardless uh mm-hmm. to be fair I also I also was brought up in radio, so it's not that big. (laughs) It kind of goes with the whole thing. It's content, 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 content. It's kind of important. Uh, But I got to ask, now that that you both are doing uh, the PR stuff and everything to go with it, do you end up warning a client that bad reviews could happen? Or do you hope that they are aware that the industry is so cutthroat?
4: It depends. I mean, like most people have the self-awareness to know that, you know, the potentiality of bad press there so I mean I don't think it's come up in any con- in any conversations as a Corey. I can't think of any
3: yeah i don't I don't really think that we've had to warn anybody. It's just kind of a it's a known hazard of the industry that yeah. you're not going to make everybody happy, and yeah, it's a bummer when it happens, but everybody knows it's a potential
4: well, it's yeah. always good. Especially Tom, like the more like we were talking about Kilter or like Book of Worms. I mean, a polarizing band generally knows that they're going to be polarizing. You know what I mean? So they're going to be like expecting it. Mm
1: -hmm. So
4: again, like Kilter again, I mean, they they were fully aware that they were going to get either, you know, great. This is amazing or this is utter shit and I don't understand it. Right. So a lot of times most bands are somewhat self-aware if they fall into that category. Right.
0: And for those groups that are usually aware of that, do they end up giving too much of a damn about that? Do too much for shit or do they
4: just ignore it? Here's the thing is like, if the band isn't aware that they're polarizing, yes, they're going to be upset or if like, but we're not going to take on a band if we don't like them. Like Corey and I are very adamant. Like if we don't think the band is any good, we're not going to take them. So if we're getting, if we ended up getting a client that had nothing but bad reviews I don't think I, I. I would be shocked, wouldn't you, Corey? Because I mean, we're not going to take someone that we don't like.
3: Yeah, we'll take on somebody that's polarizing, but I mean, we still will like them. So, at, at worst, it'll end up being like what Book of Worms was, which is fifty-fifty, where you're going to yeah. get people that either love it or they hate it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So basically, no, no, like black metal band that records everything like a jam session on a tape recorder in their basement. If, nothing like if that. We,
4: we liked it. That would be a different story, but I mean. I'm not really into that style. Neither is Corey. So
0: we did it this way because it's true cult.
4: It's the way it was meant to be. <laughs> you are, you are, you are uh, going to be paying us for PR now. Tom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, moving on. So uh, <laughs> so um, I, I, this part, I think, is very important with this topic. A band will receive a bad review and question what the right response is. Uh, so if we're looking at the two extremes here, the two extremes being uh, saying absolutely nothing, ignoring it, moving on with your life or saying something, whether it's anything, literally anything, which would you say is the better road to take,
4: saying nothing or saying something? I'll let Corey answer this because I have my own strong opinions about this.
3: So, saying nothing is always a safe bet, and just, you know, ignoring it and letting it go away. Um I actually have a good example of when saying something worked. Mm-hmm. Um, that nasty review that Akiavel got the guitar player went in and he left a very nice comment saying thank you for the constructive comments everyone um you know just basically being his charming french self and it actually led to people going and purchasing the album because he was being just so cool about it and i think if you can take things in stride with your comments then by all means say something but if you're going to get to the point where it's like you know what fuck you, your opinion sucks, and you just lose your temper and just come unglued on the person who did the review, that's not going to do well for anybody.
0: Why do they say mean things about it? My mom liked it. Why are they saying mean things about it?
3: Uh, (laughs) I'm special, and you're stupid. (laughs) Bobby said I was special. What's wrong
0: with
4: you? Uh, And Curtis, you said you had strong opinions about this. We're pretty much incapacitated. I can't say the word today everything that I was, that I was actually thinking in a nice way. Accolated. I can't say it today, Corey.
3: I'm i, I saying it for you.
4: It Mommy, daddy,
3: stop fighting. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, but anyway, she basically summed up what I, what I was going to say, but in a nicer way. I mean, also I've done the memes and stuff occasionally too, but I mean, pretty much like if.
3: But leave you, the memes to your PR, unless yeah. you're really, really good at memes.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. And I mean, you don't want to be, nasty, uh, necessarily because it's just not going to get you anywhere. Because the thing is, is that a lot of times if a writer writes a mean review and then you go on the attack mode of it, then the writer will take the victim mode and then try to get the band, uh, to make the band look bad, even though they were the one that was really at fault. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to do that because it just leads into bad PR for yourself. So like, if you did a bad review about one of our bands and we, and the band decided to attack you, I mean, you could always... Go on the victim mode and look look like the actual champ here, even though you were the one being the dick. You know what I mean? So
0: yeah. That's an interesting way to go about that.
4: It is um, <laughs> it, Sorry, it what were you saying? I said it happens sometimes. I've seen it happen. Okay, I guess. Uh, and so- it
3: also it also invites that writer's audience to pile onto you and be That's- like, you know, look at this, you know, look at this dumbass who can't handle criticism and just He's a total crybaby. Blah 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 blah. Yep. I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, even with bigger artists, who you know, they'll go through and they'll block people who are negative on their on their Twitter. Which I mean, they're right to do that, yep. but it does invite the audience to then pile on top of whatever that writer or whoever was saying.
4: Yeah, good well, is Chris Barnes. I mean, the I like
3: referencing is Chris yeah. Barnes.
4: Yeah. Like he, like, I like Chris Barnes, Corey likes Chris Barnes. He did a really nice cameo for uh, ORE of uh, Kiaville for us. And it was very genuine. I I thought he was, my whole opinion of Chris Barnes has changed since we got that from him. Uh, But he's one of those guys that the writers all go, look, I got blocked by Chris Barnes. This is amazing. So
0: yeah. He's like the Trapped of decent music.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I think he gets
0: it. <laughs> I like. I like Con Corey who's like, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm done.
4: I'm done.
0: Uh, but the funny thing, I've seen something like that actually happen. Uh, a fellow YouTube critic, uh, Crash Thompson, who used to be the rock critic, he did a scathing review of Backwards, uh, which is like a band that was formed from the lead vocalist, uh, the former lead vocalist for Fire From The Gods. I
3: uh, like that backwards? I like backwards. <laughs> that, hey, I, guys, I like backwards.
0: Hey, everyone's got their own opinion. But uh, this guy did not like him, uh, did not like their stuff. And so he left a he did a video with a scathing review. The, guy, <laughs> the lead vocalist decided to call him out on Twitter and uh, try to be uh, try to make fun of him for his weight and his appearance. You know what Crash did? He sent he took a screenshot of that tweet and sent it to Fire from the Gods. Is like, I'm so sorry you guys had to deal with him. I'm so sorry.
4: Oh my god,
0: <laughs> that was great. He said, he shared that on a video and I was f- bawling. It was great. Um, <clears throat> but getting back to it, um, so uh, both of you, um, so both of you have probably seen bands. Res- you were saying respond. to Bands respond badly to a bad review of an album, yeah. EP, single. Between the two of you, which one has seen the funniest, or cringiest, or downright stupid response to a bad review?
4: Yeah. Are we talking? Okay. So, which band is, has had the worst response? No. no to which
0: it? one? Which one of you two has seen uh, a band give a horrible response, like a
4: bad, I cringy, a funny? I have a What's closet. It? I have, you a- don't have one. If you're talking for a horrible response, I had a band. I'm not going to name the name. When I first started out, uh, 2014, 2015, something like that. No, it would have been earlier than that. 2013, 2012, sorry. Um, They had a review on a pretty major site. Review trashed them, just fucking trashed them, even though they'd been getting good reviews everywhere else. Uh, But they got super trashed. So they decided to leave nasty comments on the blog, like 20 nasty comments from each individual member. Plus they got their fans to do it. And they just looked like fucking idiots and nasty, petty people because it was one bad review. Yes, it was at a major site, but it was one bad review. And they literally fucking just whined about it for not joking like three or four days and they wouldn't stop, even though I fucking told them to stop. And I was getting fucking annoying messages from the site. And I was just, I was like, I'm fucking done with this.
0: Oh my God. I think I remember hearing you talk about that before. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or on Twitter, but I remember um, you did mention that.
4: Yes, I probably have. Thankfully, they have not hired me for PR since. And uh, yeah, I know that I know that they hired a different PR company about a year ago, and I'm happy not to uh, deal with them again.
0: <laughs> okay, that's a that's a pretty bad one. Any any response to that were like funny or just cringy or anything that uh, don't bad.
4: On- that were funny. Oh, you know, who does really good with uh, handling bad reviews as well as another band I used to work with is coil guns. Um, the, the, The guy that handles their social media, every time they got a bad review, he would handle it in really good taste. He would meme it and he would actually thank the site and the writer by name. And he wasn't being mean. He was just, he was poking fun at it. It would be like, you know, this is the worst fucking shit I've ever seen type of thing would be the quote. He would just take the direct quote And he would say big thank you to you guys, you know, saying how awful we are, blah, blah, blah. They're another band that we're kind of polarizing that either did really well or people just hate it because, you know, they just have that type of sound. So he was very self-aware and he was like, yeah, I don't fucking care. This is publicity for me. I'm going to fucking share it. I don't give a crap. So...
0: Quote, they're the worst band ever since Limp Bizkit. If you go, finishing up, I'd like to thank the Academy.
4: If you go back, and look at the Coil Guns, probably, I think it was their Instagram from like two, three years ago, whenever I was working with them. Every single time they got a bad review, always did it, always in good spirits. Guy was never vindictive, just always good about it, but he would making fun of them at the same time in a good natured way.
0: Okay, and uh, Supreme Commandress Corey, uh, how about you? Have you seen anything that's, like, so bad it's funny kind of uh, responses?
3: Uh, Not really. I mean, I try to... So I try to avoid the comments on any of our reviews. So Smart. Because, uh. well, avoid the comments as much as I can, because I do have to mod them. So if somebody's doing something, like, blatantly just bad i have to get go through and get rid of those people but um as far as bands go i actually really haven't seen anybody just completely lose it um most of the bands they'll do something funny like they'll make a meme or they'll do something like you know thank you for featuring my band you know for taking the time and blah blah blah, blah just and it's awful It's an absolutely awful review. So I see more people taking it in stride than people losing their shit.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Now, sometimes uh, it's not just the band who's like, well, could potentially act in bad taste. Sometimes the critics do too. And this has happened before. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the critic is just a dick uh, (laughs) and will just give a bad review without any basis or reason. Uh, would, Would you say that would be a good time to give a response, like a negative response? Or is that even worse?
4: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this. I I think the best thing to do is to try not to spread any negativity about, about your band or anything like that. And to always look at it from the viewpoint of, um, other people are watching what you're doing. So especially fans, like you just kind of have to look at it. How is this going to look for my public appearance as a band? Is this going to lose me fans or could this gain me fans? And you just act accordingly to that. You know so what I mean? let
0: the so let the critic essentially punch themselves
4: out while they just scream. These guys are the worst. Ah! <laughs> well, it depends. There's always judgment to be used in any circumstances, but I always but I also think at the same time um, that ignoring the negativity is a, many times the best way to go about it. I don't know if Corey agrees with that. But that would be my take.
3: No, that's my take too. If you can't spin this in some way that is a positive, like what Akiavel did by going and thanking the person for their constructive feedback on the like nastiest review I've read in a while, um, then just, uh, just ignore it um, because like Curtis said, going one route will gain you fans, the other route will just show you as somebody who's who's petty. And unfortunately it's not fair and it's a very one-sided structure where the bands always have to be the bigger person. But because of that public persona, you kind of have to take on that role where you are the bigger person in every situation.
0: Well, if anything, it works a lot better in the band's case then, because at that point, yeah. if the, yeah, if the critic is just, I don't know, having a bad day, like, Temper cheated on me, so I'm going to write this bad review kind of thing. Then at that point, the critic looks like the asshole at that point, and you're just kind of passing it off to them while you're looking way better for just taking in stride, essentially, or just uh, just ignoring it.
4: Exactly, 100%. I mean, like, you always got to take the viewpoint. Like I said, other people are watching, specifically the fans. You don't want to put yourself into a position where you look like an asshole to your fans because those are your customers and those are the people that matter, not the critic when everything's said and done, right? So. Of course.
0: And of course, I know that scenario is probably just not real. I mean, come on. There's no Greg out there who got you done by Deborah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop bringing it up. Anyways, um, so, let's... <laughs> Let's get into scenario time. (laughs) Uh, So in this scenario, I just put out an EP. Uh, It's getting good reviews, but someone responds very badly. My response in this case would be to share it out and just joke around with it. Uh, I know I've seen specifically uh, Tom DeWitt do something like this. This is honestly something that I would do as well. So is that an appropriate response?
4: I don't think so. It depends. Again, there's judgment to be used in everything. Like Tom did a great, uh, thing like he did. I think you're referring to the man bun episode from Tom, uh, which is where he got a bad review from angry metal guy. We keep bringing up angry metal guy. You notice that, Corey?
3: Actually, I hadn't named his name this time, this whole
4: time. Well, we keep, well, we keep, well, we keep bringing them up though, even though we're not really naming them, but it's angry metal guy. So I'll I'll just, I'll just voice it. (laughs) Um, so he got a bad review from angry metal guy, like this poor review. And they called him man bun metal. So he was mad, I think. He did. Well, I mean, I don't think he was mad, but I mean, he didn't like the review, obviously, right? No. And he, you know, he didn't like it. I don't think he was like mad, mad or anything, but you he, 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 he don't like getting a bad review. But he said, as a joke, I'm going to put my hair in a bun, take a selfie. And fucking tagging Angry Metal Guy or something like that. I can't remember if he was just tagging them or he put it on the comments. I can't remember what the fuck he did. I think he, he
0: replied to the uh, to the sharing of the tw- of the review on Twitter.
4: Something like that, yeah. And then so then Angry Metal Guy loved him after that. They all loved him. They thought he was the greatest thing ever. Uh, they thought he took it in good stride, and uh, he actually went in on in like Chris from McQuillville did, went in on the comments, talked to people, made fun of poke fun of himself for a bit, and I believe he made album sales doing that as well. So. Mm-hmm.
3: He did. There were people, there was at least, there was one person who flat out commented, uh, you know, this, this comment is so wholesome. I'm going to go buy your album right now. And they, they did.
4: That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect. But it it depends on how you do it again. Like, I mean, you got to do it good naturedly and you can't go in there on the basis of being vindictive, which I know is hard sometimes. Like if you're angry that you got a review and someone insulted you, but, um, Tom did a really great job of it. Uh, Chris from McKeeville did a really great job of it. And I've seen other people do a really good job of it as well. But it can backfire if you go in there as uh, trying to be vindictive.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Basically, just make sure you're funnier than you are offensive. That's the number one rule of comedy anyways. So just be a comedian.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's the intent of trying to like, you know, are you you being self-deprecating or are you trying to, you know, kill the person? (laughs) And obviously, you always want, we always feel like we want to kill the person, but that's not really good in PR, right? So,
0: just to be clear, we here at the Metal Robot Podcast do not condone murder of may angry, angry critics. Please do not do that. And if you do, hide the body. Anyways, so moving on, we've got. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say aside from what we've already mentioned today? What would you say is a good example of a good response to a bad review?
4: I'll let Corey take this one since I blobbed last time.
3: Um, so for specific examples, we've already, I, we've already named my favorites, but really anything, anything that kind of takes it in stride. So we already talked about Tom and Coil Guns and Akiavel and just any of those things that make the negative review either fun or you take kind of a wholesome approach to it. Um, nah, we're not going to please everybody. Um, yeah, that, that kind of an approach will always always go almost well. probably not always always but almost always will go over well um and gain you more fans than if you went in there pissed off and angry and wanting to give the person whiplash from a verbal assault or something so anything that makes it wholesome or funny
1: all right,
0: so we've got about 10 minutes here, but I do want to get into something because I did uh, pose the question on Twitter at The Metal Robot, and I asked the lovely listeners if they had any questions about bad reviews that they would like to ask you. And uh, I didn't get a lot of responses. I did get one that I wanted to talk about. DreamSlane on Twitter asked, how do you deal with, quote, I didn't like the brand of synthesizer used on the record, or I like only Grindcore, but I'll still review this prog band and go give it a bad review?
4: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this one first. I mean, really, you know, automatically the review isn't really valid because Mm -hmm. like if, for example, someone is reviewing a deathcore album and there are no a person who is known to hate deathcore. They're only into, I don't know, we'll say glam metal at the extreme. um, And they've never reviewed anything positive except for like Cinderella, Poison, um, Crazy Lex.
3: For the hell of it. (laughs) yeah
4: they just they they don't review anything else other than that and they're reviewing a deathcore album and they're like this this sucks it's 0.005 out of uh 10 um you know glam enough yeah like i mean it's kind of like most of the time you can tell when it's a stylistic difference and sometimes the writer just picked the album by mistake not realizing what the genre was or they were asked to do it as a favor to the editor or whatever and that's it. It happens. So I, I really don't know what to tell you other than to ignore it. Um, mm-hmm. it's not a valid review. Corey, what do you have to say about that?
3: That's what I would say too. Um, cause you're correct. In the writing world, not all of us get to pick what we're yeah. reviewing. We do get assigned things. Um, <coughs> so it could just be that, I mean, you can, you can usually tell when yeah. somebody does not like that genre and a lot of your viewers will put in like the first paragraph that this isn't their favorite genre. So they'll even call themselves out on it. So just let those ones go. Um, yeah. If it's just something that is very blatantly, cause it's like Curtis just said, it's not valid. It's not a valid yeah. review because they're not even your target audience.
4: Right. Um, I, think- I want to say one more thing just about this, if I may. Sure. Um, another thing to keep in mind is sometimes reviewers just have a bad day and they make write something that's really nasty Um, just because they're having a bad day. That does happen. I know I did that myself when I used to write, I remember writing a really nasty review on something that wasn't that bad, but I was having a bad day. I targeted the band. The band actually got in touch with me with me later. They handled it like pros Talked to me and I confessed to them. Look, I was having a bad day. I shouldn't have done that. Went and updated the review ended up working with the band later. Everything was fine, became friends with them in the whole nine yards. But sometimes it does happen where the person is just having a bad day and they can, you can just be on the receiving end of it.
0: Yeah. And I think I can actually add to this myself as a YouTube critic, because I know like for me, I just get sent albums uh, from yeah. like PR companies. So I don't assign albums. I usually end up picking albums that I want to review because... It's something that I can get the most out of, the most mileage out of in terms of comedy. So a lot of the time when that happens, and that's with a lot of YouTube critics as well, the best thing I can say is, once again, take it in stride, understand whether they're having a bad day or they're literally just trying to scram for content, for any anything to make a joke about of. Uh, because I know a lot of comedian YouTubers with who review albums, they'll want to make a joke about something. If they're not giving a whole lot, they'll find anything to make a joke out of, or even if they're having a bad day, they'll just forego the comedy and just go, this sucks, this is fucking dumb, please do not buy this album, do not follow these guys, et cetera, et cetera. Best thing you do is either ignore it, take it in stride, or even poke fun of of yourself in the comments. Basically, just be a professional.
4: I have one more thing just on that to Tom too is that I've also seen it where where the person was angry at a band member too or that they were in another band or they hadn't experienced the band that type of thing where it ended up being that they did the bad review because of that too mm. um, like a personal experience I know one writer uh, who was upset that the band did not hire them personally to do their PR because he worked with them before that the band now got a bad review. I mean, he would deny it, but you you could tell because he used to be their PR person, used to love the band magically. Now it's like, I hate them.
2: The power of
0: bullshit.
4: Yeah, so it happens sometimes, right? There are all sorts of different things that can color um, your opinion.
0: Of course. I mean, after all, critics are just regular people. We're emotionally driven with everything. Um, yeah. But with that said, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We've got about five minutes here. Uh, while we're still here, shout out what you're doing and uh, anything that you would want to uh, share out for other people to check out.
4: Corey, go ahead. You're
0: on the spot. Uh,
3: don't put me on the spot.
0: <laughs> we're putting you on the spot.
3: <laughs> I have a crazy person to put on the spot. We do have. Oh, God, I'm blanking on what it's called, but we do have a marketing course coming up with Lindsay Schoolcraft. It's me, Curtis and her. We're taking signups on. Um, So that's the big thing that we're working on. Curtis, give more details because I'm completely blanking right now.
4: It's marketing July 16th with Lindsay, Corey and I. Uh, It's going to be about an hour and a half long. The last 30 minutes or so, Lindsay's planning on taking questions. We probably will go a little bit over over that, but uh, we're saying roughly an hour and a half. So it's going to be 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on July 16th. The sign-up page will be ready in the next couple of days. Hopefully, if I quit slacking my ass off, Um, it will be up. But so far, we've got almost 20 signups. We're we're looking at, we think we're going to be capping it at 100, I think not 100% sure. It depends if we're doing it on zoom, if we're going to do it as a live, that part hasn't been decided yet. So uh, if you're interested, DM me or email at doerpr at uh, The next thing we also have is that we, uh, we, ugh, I can't talk to you. We have the podcast, the C squared podcast, which you can listen to. Um, you can find that on Instagram. You can find that on YouTube. You can find that on Spotify. You can find it everywhere. Uh, what else do we have coming up? Corey, we got more. No, I'm blanking.
3: Now I, I see, this is what happens when anybody puts me on the spot. My brain just is like, there's nothing in there. It turns into white noise.
0: <laughs> you're putting the spot. All of a sudden you're just having flashbacks to Hamlet in high school. Uh, well,
4: <laughs> well you also, but I mean, also we do PR, we do marketing. We do, we do consulting calls. We do, uh, we have Gaia to do web shops. We have Holly to do, uh, different PR things. And she also does optimizing people's social media for them. Uh, mm-hmm. we can also run ads for people, uh, Basically, whatever you need help with, we can we can help you with um, so you can check us out by going to the Facebook page, which is called C Squared Music, um, or you can follow one of us on Twitter and you can ask us a question on how we can help you with it. But basically, we anything that a band needs help with, we can pretty much help them with it, just barring like very few things
0: all right well fantastic thanks once again guys thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wonderful wisdom supreme commander and supreme commandress uh it's always appreciated to having uh having so much knowledge on the podcast you're
3: welcome we're happy to be here
0: you just listened to mrp the metal robot podcast Thank you so much for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can check us out on the internet, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also check out everything we do on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay of Metal Robot Reviews. Thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. You can click subscribe if you haven't already. I'll see you in the Mosh Pit next time. Have a good night.